to a special episode of Deep Thrones Midweek Mayhem. Midweek Mayhem. This, this is uh, reviewing the behind the scenes from season one, episode five, We Light the Way. We Light the Way. We have myself, Sims, and my partner, Sheedy's here. What's up? Hey, how you guys doing? And we also have our first uh, longtime recurring guest, Brett Strelchek here. What's going on, Brett? Hey, guys. How's it going? You guys uh, Long-time know- listener. Uh, third time ho- co-host. So third time in. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Been a long time. I think uh, the last time we did this, we were sitting on uh, in Sheedy's basement. It looks like that uh, uh, that banner and that blanket behind him have seen some <laughs> seen some, seen some shit. Between oh, the Daenerys, <laughs> the Daenerys, uh, the Daenerys yeah, throw. Yeah. yeah, that's that thing's been through. That thing's seen some horror shows. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But also, you guys might know Brett from some of our memes. He is our legal. Is the official Dethrones legal counsel. So That's right. If any of you guys steal our shit, you'll be hearing from him. We're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sue so hard. We're coming down on you hard. Yeah. Um, speaking of looks, by the way, we're, we're doing this via Zoom, and Brett is just big timing us on our on our own pod. He's in here with the shirt and tie. I've got you, you know I've got a uh, I've got a dinner after this and wanted to make sure that i was focused and ready on this so got dressed and was the only i was the only one in the office today which is even funnier so i was just a guy sitting around in a suit and tie all day so yeah but now i'm here for this and you know ready to go i don't want to do so just for the sake of bad radio i want to explain what the three of us look like there's brett who is in a shirt and tie looking real fresh there's chris who's looking pretty nice in a polo and then there's me who looks homeless so in a sweatshirt, <laughs> I'm trying to grow a beard. It's not working. My hair is disheveled, nah, and I got no, crusty blankets. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so Brett, Brett, quick question: We all just watched episode five. We light the way. Um, what we we reviewed that episode, Chris? What did you give it? Six. I think you gave it a six point nine. I 6. gave it a six point five. Brett, what did you think of episode five? You know, I uh, you know, again, thanks for having me, guys. Really glad to be here. Um, you know, I. I agreed with both of your uh, reactions to the episode, thought it was, you know, nothing special, uh, kind of, I don't want to say a filler episode, but just I thought there were some letdowns and what I thought could have been a little more uh, exciting points. Um, you know, just looking at my notes here, you know, I also read the book. Um, so on my end, you know, I'm looking at this from a different perspective. I did not read the original books for Game of Thrones, but I have read House of Dragon. So I've been kind of going through this process a little more differently than I did previously. Um, and, you know, they say, you know, the book is always better than the, the movie or the show. And I, I definitely agree um, at this point uh, in the show, um, you know, but specifically with this episode, I thought you know, I gave it a 6.5. Um, you know, there were a couple of things to me, just real briefly, that I'll go through that stood out to me. And then one question I have for you guys that I thought was interesting from your uh, review. You know, one thing I thought High Tide for being the house of, uh, or the seat of House Valerian was pretty unimpressive, uh-huh. um, which I thought was interesting. Um, Lord Lionel Strong, I think he's mischievous and they, they definitely... Uh, don't play him as um, him as much up in the show as they do in the books. So it'll be interesting to see how they uh, kind of grow his character. And I, um, before you move on, are you oh, sorry. The Lair Strong, the Clubfoot, or Lionel Strong, the, the Hand Lord of, the King. Of, of House Strong, the Lord of House, the, the one who, uh, the guy who was when they got off on the boat, and he's like, "How dare you disrespect the king?" The Hand of the King, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then just a couple other points. <laughs> 
I just think it's funny that uh, one of the the themes of Game of Thrones, House of Dragon, is that you know these really powerful guys who um, <laughs> always end up sleeping with people really close to them. <laughs> Renly Baratheon and Loras Tyrell, they never seem to just uh, be a little more on the uh, inconspicuous side. It's always right there in front of your very face. on the nose. Yeah, very yeah. on the nose. Um, and then one more thing that I had for you guys is you guys touched on it briefly, um, the weirwood tree. And how yeah. you thought that that, can you just explain that uh, a little bit more? Cause I know when I listened to that, I was kind of like, huh, what, what are they trying to get at through that? Yeah. Um, well, I brought it up because I saw on Twitter that there's a rumor floating around or I guess more of a theory floating around that Lair Strong was a green seer and therefore could see through weirwood trees or possibly even warg the animals and things like that. So there's kind of the angle that maybe he's kind of, he has more eyes and ears in places that he wouldn't have uh, necessarily. Now from reading fire and blood, I always assumed that was from a spy network. So maybe this, this theory floating around is coming from show watchers that kind of just pitching in on, on kind of how he finds things out. Um, but then also the weirwood tree conversation that we had was kind of like, why is there a weirwood tree in the South and King's landing? Um, and it, it turned out because they wanted to kind of have that representation, they being Aegon Targaryen and his family, um, to kind of just bring them around together between the people who worship the old gods and, and the new. Yeah. Oh, that's I, got, I got something I wanted to say to you, Chris, and, and to Brett as well. People who've read the books, I think, too, are more excited for the show. I think that what I'm seeing a lot on social media, people think House of the Dragon so far is kind of boring a little bit, a little bit. I'm hearing yeah. people kind of like, man, this is not catching me like Game of Thrones did. And I'll say, I think this is the difference, is that Game of Thrones books weren't finished. And the early books were all George R. R. Martin's work. So they were kind of playing with house money early, and they were using how creative George R. R. Martin was to draw in people. House of the Dragon early has the opposite problem. It has to speed up the start to get to like the fucking action that we know makes the Dance of Dragons what it is. So I think they're sort That's of true. they're sort of doing the opposite end. And everyone, if you ever talk to anyone about Game of Thrones, like, oh, it grabbed me by like the fourth episode, the fifth episode. I thought Ned Stark was going to be king. And right now everyone's kind of like, man, this jumping around, all this bullshit. And I think a lot of it has to just do with the fact that they got to get to the action, but there's still a lot that has to be set up to justify the action we're about to see, which is why we're seeing, you know, four different Lenas in the first and, you know, two different Rhaenyras. I, you know. well, yeah. well, even that, I mean... Even the you know House of the Dragon, uh, you know, starts with them just invading Westeros, you know, which kind of sucks you in, you know, to start. You know, the the book is exciting from oh yeah, the, you know, fire and blood the first book. chapter. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's so it's you know it's one of those things that like you said they've kind of have jumped that to get to where they're in a position to kind of lay the groundwork for yes, the Dance of Dragons, which is you know the penultimate. Uh, action event but it, it is interesting you know that the books already had so much action before it even got to where we are now um in the, in yeah. the show i i think it's an interesting point that you bring up sheets and it's like i guarantee the people having that opinion are are show watchers and those are probably the same people that yeah. said see that complained so much about season eight and season seven not really having much of a setup and a plot line that makes sense yeah and so I think when I hear that, and this is just the skeptic in me, when I hear that, I just think like, okay, well, these assholes aren't going to be happy no matter what they're they're looking at. You're going to get that. Um, yeah, you're going to get that every time. People purposely yeah. seek out like, oh, I'm going to complain. 
you know, they get mm-hmm. off by it. Uh, but I'm ready to get into some of the deeper details from We Light the Way. Chris, the Hall of Nine at High Tide. Uh, you got a little bit on that? Yeah, so I actually, I, I kind of had the opposite effect that it had on, on Brett. I, I guess they did kind of, if you look at when they first looked at High Tide coming in on the ship, it did look kind of dull. It, it wasn't as shiny. In the, in the books, it's kind of explained as being a bright pearl white because um, it's brand new. Corliss, Ber- uh, Corliss Berlarian built that, so it should be brand new. It shouldn't have like a warm look to it. Drift Driftmark is originally the seat of House Valerian, which was very old and drifty and flooding and shit all the time. So he built High Tide with all the money that he had from his nine voyages. This Hall of Nine within High Tide was built to commemorate that nine voyage expedition that he went on. And there's little, I guess, souvenirs or little prizes little from knick-knacks. the nine voyages that he has. Yeah, little exactly. Little bobbleheads. Yeah, he's got his uh, Beanie Baby collection on display. It and gets Rainy's going. Rainy's oh, loves dude. it. She gets going. Dude, Rainy's, Rainy's is always, uh, she's loving it in the Hall yeah. of Nine. Um, oh, yeah. And the art team that built this set said that they built it with a, I guess, a conch shell in mind or like a, a snail shell where it's circular, right? So you can see when they're going through and filming, there's kind of that circular vibe to it. Which, is, which is an interesting, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Um, it just it's like no, a fucking I, I it was turtle. Cool. I, I thought it was really cool. And then the Driftwood Throne was something that was really cool to see as someone that's Again, red fire and blood and all this source material we haven't ever seen. I mean, in Game of Thrones, we didn't see a Valerian on screen once, so that's that's one thing. But second of all, and, and they, uh, we, Chris, were they yeah. by by Game of Thrones were they all dead? So they, no spoilers. There were some, <laughs> well, there yeah, but I, I mean, floating around, kind of disgraced. Um, in the Game of Thrones books, A Song of Ice and Fire, there was a. Uh, Lord Admiral of Ships that was a, supposedly a bastard son of a Valerian. Nice. So he was, you know, the conversation with Cersei was if he was going to take that last name when he was named Lord Admiral. So they, they were around, but they were, I mean, this is definitely the high point in Valerian. Yeah, right. This is right, the, right. this is the Ask Chris Questions episode, because I have another question. So thinking about, like, yeah. other than, like, I think, like, Hall. Is it com? Is that pretty rare for a lord to build a second castle like that? To have a second like main castle? I mean, you got Driftmark, you got High Tide. I think even Heron Hall became his main castle. Like he kind of splits time yeah. between both. Like because when he had, um, when he met with Damon, that was at Driftmark, and now he's chilling at High Tide. So he's sort of back and forth. So I feel like that's pretty rare. Yeah, I would say that outside of like your Age of Heroes and um, pretty much pre-conquest your castles were where they were. If you think about, like, Storm's End, Casterly Rock, yeah, um, High Garden, Old Tower, like, all that shit's been there forever. Winterfell, the, the Vale, so, I mean... I'm High sorry, Tower. Bay, so, like, yeah, so all that stuff's been there forever. Your newer ones are around the Conquest, right? Like, Heron Hall was built by Heron the Black probably 50 years before the Conquest, so you have Heron Hall that's newer, High Tide was newer just because of the slew of wealth that came in oh it's raining pretty good outside hopefully none of that's getting picked up on the uh mic but yeah it, it is very new though so um it's cool though i'm glad that they're adding that in because it doesn't really in game of thrones you don't really see those sort of nuances i agree i think that the, we've talked about that they're really going the extra mile 
and to show that stuff, which is cool. Um, I still think there are some things that I question that they've done so far. I think we talked touched on it before. Um, even, like just to go kind of off topic, like when Damon just fucking popped up and knew where Lady Rhea was gonna be. Yeah. Like, how yeah. did he get there well, to King's then, Landing? For her to fall from her horse when she's such a noted rider, and yeah, you know that that to me was a little. Oh, she fell from her horse and had that classic injury where your face is smashed in. <laughs> that classic face smashed in horse fall. Or in. even, you know, I, I don't remember, but the, I don't think in the, in um, fire, and blood. fire and blood that Sir Kristen kills Sir Joffrey in that way, right? Don't they fight? It's like a tourney, yeah. Yeah, yeah in a tournament, yeah. Tourney. Chris discussed that last episode that they didn't do the tourney. This, 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 yeah, they're really shying away from the tourneys. Well, and too, because I thought it was just so weird that how they incorporated that into the wedding scene. It just seemed very forced, in my opinion. Um, and then Agreed. they didn't, as you guys noted in the last review, that they didn't even really follow through with it. Sir Kristen was just fine. There was just no sort of... Yeah. No repercussions. He, yeah, he ruined the wedding. He right. just calls, what does he say? I'm a whore. That made me feel really uncomfortable. He's just like, oh, I'm a whore. Just, yeah, just yeah. make, just kill me. I'm like, oh my goodness. Just <laughs> yes. calm down. My he re- God. The dude is down bad. I think Chris honestly broke me down eventually to where I was like, dude, Kristen got to bang the princess to where I'm like, he might be right. That was the yeah. worst thing that's ever happened to him. I, I mean, I'm just saying, he got one taste of that Renosi, and now he wants to kill him. <laughs> not the Renosi, not that. But that's. I think this, these are all good questions that we could take up with the director of these episodes. Uh, her name's Claire Kilner. She directed episodes four and five. Apparently, she's doing episode nine as well, which, if we know anything about Thrones history, episode nines tend to be massive. Uh, I believe yeah. season one, episode nine, was Baylor, which is when... Ned Stark ran into that sword. Um, episode nine, wait, wait, season wait. yeah. Episode nine in season two, I think, was Battle of the Blackwater. Uh, three, I think, was Wet Red, Wet Red, Red Wedding. Uh, as I stutter yeah. through that, and it's just nine is always sort of the big episode. So, Chris, do you got anything about Claire Kilner and what her sort of style is? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's typically eight or nine that that's going to be those banger episodes. Um, Claire Kilner has done, and I looked at this list of movies that she did, and like, forgive me, I don't remember any of them because they're all movies that I would never watch. But they're all like centered around like weddings, and uh, apparently she's she's got a pretty good, she's pretty tenured at putting together these big party type wedding type scenes. I think again, she she hit it on the nose with this one, although we may not agree with Chris and Cole getting uh, you know a free pass for beating someone to death in public. I think that that's more of a plot hole story in the writer's perspective and not really from her perspective. I did like this, the ceremony that they put on and the attention to detail at the scene. So I, I don't know that I would, I think from her standpoint, it was, it was really good, but I had a question that we could kind of go over for both of you guys. Best Thrones wedding, right? I mean, yeah, it, it, historically a Thrones wedding is not yeah. that great. So, uh, you know, however you want to phrase it. I mean, what would be you guys' best wedding out of, like... I, I guess, what, what what do we have? We obviously have Joffrey's there's wedding. There's the Red right? Wedding. There's the Joffrey's wedding. wedding. There's Danny's wedding to Call Drogo, which was off the chain. In terms of fun, I think it, it that one... A, it was not a dull affair. Right. It's a, a Dothraki wedding. It's a very dull affair. I think that one, in terms of, like, no main characters died, I think Joffrey's wedding, for me personally, was awesome until Tyrion got arrested. Uh, I think Sansa's Tyrion's wedding... wedding. Sansa wedding was gross uh um, yeah, but Tyrion gets super drunk and then like yeah threatens Tyrion remember 
Uh, yeah. I think the red wedding would be the least ideal, depending on your, uh, you know, your allegiances. Brett, so are we doing least favorite or most favorite? I mean, I, I just had on my on my notes best Thrones wedding, so I guess that's how you define. Best. I think I think red wedding just yeah, in, terms in terms of, of it has Thrones. it all. In terms of you know, as I said, I hadn't read the book, so surprise. Um, mm-hmm. I guess filmmaking. I thought it was really well done. You know, well kind paced. of notice noticing the that uh, Lord Bolton's wearing the chainmail, right? And you know what the hell is going on? Reigns of Castamere so starts playing. Yeah, yeah, you got Arya's yeah. So I would say outside. that. Um, yeah, I'll go yeah. red I I agree. I think they're calling this one the Green Wedding, by the way, because Allison's green dress. She looked great. I, I that think green. The red wedding, I think the red wedding is iconic. It's one of those where it's like that is that's what we look back and we remember from Game of Thrones, and so you can't really. You can't really like top that. I no. think, right? I think in terms of but, if you're thinking but from Joffrey the fan, getting his yeah. was nice though. That too, yeah. was real nice. But from the viewer perspective, I think that the red wedding is it's iconic. If I'm like in the wedding, if you're saying best wedding in terms of like to be at, probably Danny's. Yeah. I feel like it was the most off the chain. Uh, just a few, just a few deaths. No, like serious deaths. <laughs> uh, yeah, you yeah, gotta be careful what you say at that one. You don't yeah. want to get cut up. No, that's true. That's true. There are a lot of hitters there. Um, but yeah, no, it's gotta be the red wedding. I think this, this wedding was nice, but I don't think, I honestly, God, I don't know if House of the Dragons wedding is making, is making the, the Mount Rushmore on that one. I think the four from Thrones top it at this point. Yeah. I, I, I could see that. Uh, well, yeah. A lot of the pacing, the pacing of House of the Dragon has been, it's just been kind of you know it's a lot of time jumps and i think that's what i talked about with one earlier when i you know compared it to game of thrones people are going to need to see season two i think was when the action picks up i think it's the exact opposite with game of thrones they they could take their time and then they rushed i think here they're like now we got to get to what people want to see uh i think they've done it pretty well um i'd be lying if i said i think it's perfect it's not but i think in terms of tv right now it's a hell of an entertaining show and i don't think anything really compares to it i don't watch lord of the rings i'm not a lord of the rings guy i've heard nothing but bad things about it yeah no it's not very good i tried i tried twice i was like ah and i just couldn't do it so i will say that uh and i'll say that from my perspective with house of the dragon i appreciate the politics i do there's so many politics and like again is it a little slow for some people they're like man they're talking about who she's going to marry again they're talking about who's going to take over the throne again that's like where all the complaints are coming from they're like they promised us dragons it's like they're coming all right you want a show which is blast 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 go watch transformers michael bay made seven of those movies yeah and i i also think that when you're looking from the perspective of someone who has no clue what these names are, it's going to be a completely different viewing experience. So, yeah. like, at where we sit and we love the, the politicking and the backdoor dealing and all that stuff, people are probably like, I don't even know who they're talking about in this scene. So, yeah. right. so you gotta, when you're looking at those perspectives online or those opinions online, you got to keep that in mind. Yeah, agreed. And while we are on the topic of weddings, let's go back to the green wedding it's called the green wedding because house high towers i think the best house in westeros is that what they called it that? <laughs> and the, the the allison of course showed up in that beautiful green dress sparkling green everyone online i'm getting a lot of hatred right now for my love 
of Otto and Allison. I like both characters. I don't care about Holbert. I care about Allison and Otto. Yeah, I, I mean, to your point, Otto deserves probably a lot of a lot of the hate that he's getting, but there is an aspect of the stuff that he says that's true. Yeah, but the he is gaslighting about it. Yes. The, the hate that I don't understand is on Allison because up to this point, and and I'm Team Blacks all day being Team Rhaenyra, but team greens. Just, just being a, a guy who's standing back for a second here, Allison's been thrust into the situation. She didn't exactly. really take any of this on, on on our own will, right? And she's being manipulated by multiple different parties. She's been lied to by multiple different parties. So for me, when I see those DMs coming in about the Allison hate, I really don't understand it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Brett, what do you think on that one? Yeah, you know, I uh, in the books, I was Team Hightower. Interesting. Um, Go, you know, reading through the the process. And I think, you know, I don't know if um, that's just because of, you know, maybe I guess the, the, the arguments made for one or the other and the, you know, the, the Renera, the, the, the people coming together and saying Renera was to be the, um, the successor obviously was only done out of necessity. You know, obviously that, that, that conference would not have been convened had there been a natural born male heir. Um, so Viserys, I think that that's a, he says that? he, Viserys says he kind of did it out of spite for Damon at that point in time. You know, he even right. kind of admits later in this season, he's like, Dam- I couldn't, I couldn't thrust Damon on the realm. So he went with like the next thing. And he told Allison, like, I didn't know I would remarry, which again shows the short sightedness of Viserys because it's like, of course you are always going to remarry. You're the king. What are you talking about? Right. And so that that's I, I've been a I've been a team Hightower guy the whole time. I, I agree with some of the uh, uh, arguments against Otto. I think sometimes he's overplayed his hand. Yeah. Um, which I think, but is actually part of his character flaws, and they speak at that about that at length in the books. Um, so they've done a good job in the show of showing that. Um, but you know, that being said. Still Team Allison, still Team Green. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, we'll be interesting. Lame. I think lame. right now, if we debated that, we could be here all day because you can make a case for either one. I, I agree. Like, I like Renera. I've been on, on record as saying I like Renera. Millie Alcock, I think, played her great. I think Emma D'Arcy is going to carry her on with much plum. But I think that people are painting Allison at this point to be like such a massive villain. And it's like, hey, she might get there. But to do it now to me is hilarious, and it's just forcing, like, we need a villain. It's like you don't need a villain. There could be two sides that have a legitimate claim. Which Damon's makes it, the biggest yeah. villain of all time. What are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, everyone's, <laughs> oh, I can't wait to watch House of the Dragon to defend Damon's many crimes. And then Allison shows up in a green dress, and everyone's like, that motherfucker. <laughs> but let's talk about yeah, the green dress, Chris. Was It was, like, hard yeah. to make it green? Yeah, so they were saying in the house that the dragon built that it took about four weeks to make Allison's dress, which if you look closely in that scene, the, the inlay throughout all of it, and the, I mean, the stitch work itself had to be freaking outrageous. But then they talked about, apparently it was difficult to make this emerald green color itself. They had to hire some sort of like, contractor um, to, to develop that, that color and the threads that they were using. 
It is I mean, green. It was, it's, it's got. It's, it's shot. It looks like a beacon. It there's some like uranium in that motherfucker. That is green. <laughs> that thing was that girl. She's got to get like uh, the the like the Chernobyl test done to like the beep 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 to make sure she doesn't got any of that stuff because that thing is it's vibrantly green and of course a lot's been made. Larry Strong, he's the uh, sneaky one, right? Is he the clubfoot? Yeah. He, he, him, of course, immediately turning to to break bones and being like, hey, you know what that is? It's called a, called a, It's like, come on, dude. Why throw that out there? She's looking her best. Well, and I also think a little bit of that is, is explaining to the fans what's going on. Like, why is the green significant? Right. For yeah. sure. And, and also, I, too, I mean, they, she did it. I think, I mean, even before that, I think outside of the conversations between Otto and Allison, it's not really discussed between any of the other players as of right now, but in the books, they talk about it at length. That is basically as soon as uh, young Aegon is born, the camps start to form basically on day one. For sure. And And I I think in the show, they need to do those kind of corny, that's the color old town goes to war with because they haven't developed it really in the, in the more, you, you know, natural sense that they did in the in the in the books because they immediately started forming camps immediately the valerians went to the side of high tower just because they wanted to stake their you know they were shunned at the at, from the wedding so i think they need to do those things but i agree that it, it was a little yeah. cheesy and, and and on the nose i wonder so what valerians went to the side of like damon and Rhaenyra. you're saying or what are you yeah 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 I wonder what other colors, like when Hightower puts up there, it symbolizes. Like if it's like a little like brown, they're like, oh, that means the Lord of Hightower has the runs. <laughs> it's like it's it's like red, and they're like the Lord of Hightower is is bleeding. We don't know from where. He's, he's severely injured. <laughs> he's not good. Dysentery. Dysentery. Yeah. He's, he's in trouble. And if it's brown and red, they're like, uh oh, this guy's shitting blood. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's funny is that that's the second shitting blood reference that we've had in what this is our tenth episode. I think it's, of I think it's important this year? this year, but I think it's important. I think people should see that should colonoscopies. You should get them done. Yeah, that's we're true. at that age, guys. We're gonna have to be getting them. We're thirty now. They suggest what thirty five. Wow. It's no, it's wow. good for you. They find a polyp, they clean you out real nice. Uh, Chris, <laughs> I, I saw I watched uh, um, Olivia Cook was on Jimmy Kimmel last last night. She and she actually wore a brown dress, ironically enough. Um, but she she is playing older <laughs> Allison. She's playing older Allison Hightower. Um, and of course, Emma Darcy takes over as older Rhaenyra. I mean, Emily Carey and Millie Alcock, again, we don't even need to get into it anymore. They are going to get roles out the wazoo. Everyone fell in love with these girls, mm-hmm. specifically Millie, man. People went off for Millie Alcock as Rhaenyra. But yeah. uh, Olivia Cook brought up something really interesting, which was they said, uh, Jimmy Astor, he's like, you know, when... Someone is playing your character for the first five episodes and then you take over. Do you guys got to like meet up and discuss like how you're going to do it? And she said, she's like, you know, we did. But I also told her just be your, just do what you think is right. Because let's be honest, are we the same people we were at 18? All jokes aside, like I'm very immature, but I'm not the same person I was when I'm 18. I'm 30 now. That's the exact jump these women are about to make. They go from about 18 to my guess would be about late 20s. Uh, So I thought that was really interesting. That, that That is a great point. It's funny because when I was watching the behind the scenes that HBO presented, Millie Alcock, Millie Alcock said that she was not allowed to or not encouraged to meet with Emma Darcy um, because of the fact that, like you said, they're, they're two completely different people. 
And I think that one, we're going to have that kind of transition. I think Renera is going to get to kind of what people see the light in Allison right yeah, now. It, we talked about like this. the villain aspect. Um, and not, that's not me with any foresight of what I've read. And it's that's also not with, saying she's a villain. It's saying that right. things are going to get dirty in in politics and in war. You have to get dirty. Everyone, and, and this isn't just me just being hyperbol- hyperbolic, but like every politician you've ever loved uh, has been dirty at some point. Every major player in anything you've ever loved has been dirty at some point. That's how it's going to be. And I, I like that Chris said that because it's true. Everything you don't like about Allison now, she'll be dirty too. But it's because they're in the game. Yeah, and I, I think one reason why people gravitated to Millie Alcox, Rhaenyra, is that she was a very assertive, very ambitious uh, um, I love young that. woman. And and it, like it's admirable traits that we all want. Like if I have a daughter, I want her to be ambitious. I don't want her to just lay back and just be a pawn in, in some life game, right? For sure. But that's what we saw at Allison, and I think that's why people didn't really gravitate toward her. But now in the adult lives, you're going to have, Rhaenyra's going to be a mom, right? Um, she's going to, at that point, have had her claim questioned 10 times more than it has been to the point that we've seen in episode five. So, you know, she's going to be more protective. She's going to be a little bit more um, aggressive and, like, angry, I guess, about her situation. Chris, that 30-second clip we saw today, HBO released a 30-second clip of Rhaenyra and uh, Lainor, old Rhaenyra, old Lainor. So we're now on to Emma Darcy, and I think his name is like John Mellison. Chris, speaking strictly about Rhaenyra, just quickly, well, what did you think? Do you think she, she I mean, do, do you think she at least keeps the consistency of the character? I didn't see any major differences. She sounds the same. Looks like just an older version of Millie. Yeah, I, I do think that we're seeing that she's a little old tired of the bullshit she's tired she's for, perturbed for she looks better praise yeah um, i'm just thinking and, speakly, and, yeah. but just speaking directly to emma darcy herself's performance i thought in terms of people will complain no matter what but i think she's looked like she's doing just a fine job as rhaenyra my prediction is she's gonna knock it out of the park and i think that she's gonna drive home the rhaenyra that we remember when we think about house of the dragon totally agree Totally agree. Or, or they. I, I could be using the wrong pronoun. I should probably just look into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. No, I think I think Emma's going to do great. I think Olivia Cook. I know she's going to do great. She's a very talented actress. Um, Brett, you like like we said, you've read Fire and Blood, but have the time jumps bothered you at all? No, no. I think what's what's bothered me, if anything, um, is just kind of where we. Like I said, I enjoyed kind of setting the. Wester, I enjoyed the setting stones of the Targaryen dynasty. I enjoyed that story at the beginning. Um, so if anything, I, I I was hoping for a little more of that. Um, but understanding why they did what they had to do, because there's only so much time. And as you said, people are, are already jumping at the there's bit. There's no time. Yeah, there, people are already jumping at the bit. But, you know, I, if anything, would have liked to have seen just a little bit more um, of how the Targaryens came to control westeros because it, it it is very cool in the um the books you know they talk about how yeah. they built up king's landing from just being a small fort on um god what's the hill king uh, um, oh yeah what was that called uh it was it was some hill but yeah yeah and that that became the dragon pit you know eventually but you know i i enjoyed reading about that i thought that was really cool but the 
to back to your real question, I, I haven't had an issue with the time hops just because I know that they have to do it just by basis yeah. of keeping the people happy. And just quickly, I'll say to, to what you just said, I wouldn't be shocked if these shows continue to be successful and if HBO continues to invest into its Westeros world that they want if we don't see an Aegon the Conqueror either series yeah. miniseries maybe even animated but i wouldn't be shocked if, if they yeah just like a longer movie or something you know no for sure it, and it, it is very cool i mean it's a it's an interesting story and it, it uh yeah no yeah i definitely agree i think that's a great point and um we'll get to our last segment here chris let's let's talk about some since brett is our legal counsel and mm-hmm. these are, if you know, very litigious times. Let's discuss. That's a big word. I googled that today. Um, uh, let's discuss Westerosi laws. Yeah, this is this is always my favorite part in the week, the midweek mayhem little, little fuck around game section that we play here, yeah. right? So I think the big the big law on everyone's mind here, and when we speak Westeros. We're talking about trial by combat, guys. The TBC. We're talking, we're talking if me and CD have a disagreement, if he steals some of my sheep, and I'm like, dude, fuck this kid. I want to fight him to the death. Yeah. What, you know, or I guess maybe even a more... Meanwhile, more I show up to that fight wearing this big-ass <laughs> sheepskin coat looking fly. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a more applicable one would be like some sort of, uh, you know, be smirching of name, right? Like yeah, I allegedly did something to one of Sheedy's family it's, members. It's sort of like something. a duel, right? A modern day duel. We're yeah. talking about. Yeah, I was actually going to say that. Yeah. Um, the last duel, um, in America was 1859. Oh, I was so going to really say not that far uh, off. I was going to say Jordan versus the Bad Boy Pistons. So the last uh, duel, you know, the last duel so started that, the Civil War. Yeah, basically, <laughs> just right around there. But also, too, I have to remind you, I don't know if you guys have seen the great feature film Death Race with Jason Statham. Yeah. Trial by Combat's the future. Yeah, it's not the, the past. past. It's because, the <laughs> Back to the future. For-profit prisons are going to turn their prisoners into yeah. uh, gladiators. On-demand gladiators. So, I think that's also a Stone Cold uh, movie called Condemned, where they take him to like an island. And yes, they're like, you have, yes. to, you have so, to give everyone a stunner and drink beer, and he doesn't. But, yeah. So Trial by Combat has the unique benefit of bringing the past and the future together. Um, yeah. I always, so, the so amazing so thing about started. Game of Thrones, Tyrion was one for one in Trial by Combats, which, like, in terms of Trial by Combats, has anyone had two? Good for him. And the one he lost, he technically won because he got out of there and got to kill everyone that wronged him. So another, I think, actually, when I was here on the show originally i think i did i was the the scorpion and the viper yeah where, we covered uh, when the mountain oh, oh. fought and so on that one i'm st- i think the the jury's still out on whether or not that's a loss because they both died yeah it's super sketchy i would need to see the i would need to see the underlying is it like ty rules? goes to the runner kind of thing yeah does ty go to and then who's the runner party yeah um yeah, Tyrion. Anyway. Tyrion asked for a special master on that one. He was like, "Yeah, gotta, right. Yeah, <laughs> like we got to get I mean, this." I, I think, I think the lesson we learned there was like, don't taunt before the job's done. You, know, oh, you don't dude. drop the ball before you get in the end zone. Dude, I'll tell you what. That yeah, that all time hurt. But 
Yeah, so great point, Brett. Thanks for doing the research, too, on the last duel, 1859. Yeah, no, I, I, 1859, so we're not too far off, you know? We're the we're, last, we're, it was distant ancestors of me and Chris, probably. Yeah, we're, we're one, uh... We're one electrical grid going down from going back to the <laughs> to trial by God. We are one meteor being like yeah. 2,000 miles from the Earth from everything falling apart. And then, so our next one that we have up is the right to Prima Nocta. So uh, for those who don't know, Prima Nocta in English is the first night, which is when a royal, you know, king, lord, whatever, could get the right to have sex with newly wedded women. Whoa. So, when Rhaenyra's queen, just imagine that. And if I was the husband, I'd be like, can I watch? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Brad, what do you think of that? Rhaenyra's big on unconsensual. Jeez, I can't talk. Anyways, go ahead. My point. So we don't have a monarch in the U.S., but let's say Queen Elizabeth, right? I think that'd be hard to, uh, to not uh, abide by. If there's a king and he says he wants them, he's getting some. Yeah, I don't care if it's, I don't care if it's, you know, the age of Aegon or if it's twenty twenty two. The yeah. king's gonna get his. Right, it's tough. Man. It's tough. That's it's a, all I have to say on that one. Yeah, there's no laws King though. Charles. Currently, there's no laws currently on the books, right? <laughs> there's in the U.S. I haven't read the Constitution. No, no okay, nothing good. in the U.S. I can assure you that good. was not on the bar exam. Good. So that alderman definitely lied to me. Um, Chris, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get your, par- you're not going to get your parking that, permits any quicker. That cop troller was full of shit, man. Chris, you're, next- you're still going to have to wait in line at the DMV. <laughs> All right, Chris, next question. So our next set of laws here are referred to as King Magor's law laws, which King Magor was king of Westeros during a time where the seven was not really accepting of these Targaryens who wed their brothers and sisters and did all this to them simple things and rode on the back of demons. So King Magor made a law that disarmed the faith militant at the time. So basically the summarization there and what my question is to you is, is disarming religious groups legal, non-legal, also, Illegal. just for a quick backstory, Magor was known as the Cruel. He was a he was a mean guy. I would say this one would be illegal based on the First Amendment. Yeah, that's okay. fair. That's fair. Now, if, if my now priest... what about the fact that religious groups don't get taxed? Then can we take their weapons away? Oh, I forgot that it was the weapons that they took away, not just the speech. Should so we tax say... religious groups and let them have weapons? Or... Should we make should ooh should, should we, be none or the should be both or none is what you're saying or any mix of the two? What do you think personally? <laughs> I, think, I think you got to go none if, if you're going to do anything. No taxes, no be weapons. Consistent across the board, or do both and just have it be mayhem. But bunch of really pissed off, really overtaxed zealots. Yeah, you tax them to the fucking brink, and then you <laughs> also like you know, do let's, like, let's yeah. really push some push some buttons. I mean, yeah. Um, that's yeah there we go so legal and i'm also more of an anarchist slant to it as well right. let's see what happens i like that i angle. like it yeah i like so that. Our, our last law that we're going to cover here is the westerosi laws of inheritance inheritance of course as we know from fire and blood and house of the dragon the right of inheritance goes to the first male firstborn male now, 
we did hear a little bit of mix up with Viserys saying that it's going to his grandkids are going to be the firstborn, whoever it is, male or female. We've seen specifically in the veil, uh, House Aaron allows for inheritance to to pass down to women. This is a great, yeah. I have a, yeah, this is great. We can cover, we're going to ask you something that we weren't able to settle last episode. Yeah, we, we've seen in Game of Thrones, Sansa ended up taking the throne in the north. Um, you have the wildlings who don't have any of those. So just th- throwing that out there, what do you think of the current Westerosi laws of inheritance? Well, I would say that the Westerosi laws are not nearly or are just as confusing as the current laws in the U.S. When you're studying for the bar exam, there's this thing called the rule against perpetuities. Um it's a, and I'll just read it now because it is so insane that it makes yeah, no sense to end. That sounds good. Do that. A common law property rule that states that no interest in land is good unless it must vest, if at all, not later than 21 years after some life and being at the creation of the interest. Basically, the meaning of this rule is that it's virtually impossible to decipher because what the hell does that mean? Yeah, that's some it, life and being at the course, creation best. of interest. Yeah. So Who I would wrote say that, these things? Uh, yeah, exactly. But that's still, Shakespeare? A, that's still a law on the books, and there's millions of dollars a year that get put into trust and estate law and transfer law LLC. to decide that very question. So I would say that, if anything, it sounds like Westeros, even though it's a little archaic, is probably a little more clear than what we have today. A little boilerplate, yeah. yeah. Well, I got a question. So that's sort of like Anna Nicole Smith, right? She married that old dude to snake his inheritance, but he also had a bunch of kids. So that's right. almost murky. And then right. I have a question. Could you verify this for me and Chris? Last episode we talked about, Damon is going to inherit his wife's castle because she's dead because she fell off that horse and broke her face. Um, but they never consummated their marriage, which me and Chris then got in a conversation of what consummating entails. Is there a law in the United States? Do you have to come for it to be sex? Or does <laughs> Do you have pe- to come? <laughs> I don't believe there's an ejaculation before. Uh... Policy? Yeah, policy. read that one in the bar. What's that yeah, one? Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll read into that one a little further, but I won't do that on the work computer. Uh, that'll be definitely the personal computer. Gotcha. Google, that'll be Google yeah. uh, incognito window. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to try to step lawyers, out, step lawyers uh, stuck in bar. Yeah, Fuck. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, wife, wife falls out of window. Husband yeah. must decide whether there's yeah because we didn't know if like because Damon and her didn't have any sex but we but we didn't know if there was a specific but thank you for clearing yeah no, no nothing that nothing on, nothing the, books on the books that I've seen um, but I'm definitely gonna have to do some research we don't uh, know into that yeah. late night Chris what one thing that I will add while we're on this topic is we've seen throughout the Seven Kingdoms even in Game of Thrones, even in House of the Dragon, that younger siblings in times where the older siblings have died or there's, uh, you know, success in questions that they can then deny the throne, right? We saw it with Maester Aemon at the wall. Yeah. We saw thanks, it but no um, thanks. With, with Bran at first with the King of the North situation, and then he just decided to be king of wow. the whole seven kingdoms. That's just, that's just betting on yourself. so i just i i wonder you know it doesn't seem to me as if like renera has too much choice or i mean maybe she just wants it that bad i mean i don't know what kind of vibes are you picking up there could she could she just decide like one day that she wants her own family to to be safe and just live it out uh you know i i'm 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 reminded there's a there's a um without getting too nerdy legal scholarly there's um 
back in the beginning of the, the, the country when we were still kind of hammering out the, the three branches, you know, judicial, legislative, executive, um, a ruling came down from the Supreme Court, Marbury, and I think it's Marbury and Madison, um, against James, I forget which president it was, but he said, okay, let the Supreme Court come and enforce their law, meaning what are you going to do about it if I don't do it? And I think that's kind of where Renera's at. Um, yeah. She's going to take what she wants or yeah. vice versa or Aegon. You know, you're, it's only, you know, Mao Zedong said political power comes from the barrel of a gun, you know, something like that. It's laws are only as who is powerful enough to enforce them. True. That's a great point. True. That's some deep stuff. Yeah. No, that's, that's honestly, that's a great way to, and to bring it back to seriousness, yeah. that's a great way to bring it into the Allison Renera thing we're about to see. Uh, and to a greater extent, it's Westeros now is going to draw a line in the sand, and each one's going to get on that line, whether it be the houses we've seen so far, houses we haven't really seen, Starks, Lannisters, Hightowers, Brackens, Blackwoods, you know, obviously Targaryens themselves will be on opposite sides of that line. It's going to be a yeah, slugfest. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, Brett, uh, we appreciate the time. It's been a blast, as always. That was some great insight, seriously. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, guys. Always good to see you. Really glad to see uh, the show's back. Have definitely missed it. Have definitely been going back uh, and listening to the old ones, so it's good to get some new content. Awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, Chris, I'm good. You got anything else? Just the like, share, subscribe. Continue to send us a, a, your opinions. Don't um, you know? Don't shy away from the Allison hate just because I said that I don't really understand. Oh it. no, we love it. We love it. Feel free to hate. Yeah, because yeah, honestly, every opinion is valid. Um, our opinions aren't any more valid just because we have the podcast. I mean, you are listening to us, so it sort of kind of validates it a little bit. <laughs> uh, but we really do appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. And Allison. Uh, uh, hit me up. Feel free to <laughs> feel free to prima noctra. It's me. back. <laughs>